said, we don't have to. You know, some people have all their different ways of sensing. And one of the greatest things that I've carried with that is I've, I've wanted to make, help people just be okay. Be okay with your ordinariness. Because in your ordinariness um, and in your authenticity, there is so much, there's so much more purity because you're not coming from the ego that's just wanting to fit in because the ego that wants to be this and be all that is still such a subtle, it's very subtle. And of course, people won't hear, won't hear that, but it is really a subtle realm that is still about the need, the requirement to actually be special and have these this special gift. You got to accentuate the positive. Welcome to ATP Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, showing you how to accentuate the positive, the way to a better life. Your radio station is an example of the future existing right now. Hello and welcome to another hour, Accentuating the Positive. I'm your host, Karen Swain. I'm a teacher of deliberate creation, a channel and a medium, channeling wisdom from my guides and broader perspective, whom I've called blissful beings. Here on Accentuate the Positive, you'll hear conversations with open hearts and inspired minds. It's my intent to put more love out through our media. It's so important to have a media diet that uplifts you, empowers you, and reminds you of who you really are, instead of a lot of the media that we get that puts you in fear. So this is why I present the show. I've got some wonderful guests lined up for you. Can't wait to share. Welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. So great to have you back with us again. I have another delicious person to introduce you to. Her name is Robin Collins. She's a spiritual teacher. She's an author and she studied as a transpersonal psychotherapist. Isn't that right? Yes, that's correct. Hi, Karen. Hi. (laughs) And, you know, I met Robin probably about 17 years ago. I think it was 2000. We did the Theta Healing Workshops together yeah. Viana or Viana, Viana, yeah. I always get her yeah. name wrong, came out to Australia and... Um, was actually, um, the first time was, I think, 1998. So we, it was kind of like 1998 into 2000. Wow. Was it that when long ago? When, when she first came out, it was 98. That was the first, yeah. Yeah. And then some of work, some work with JM as well with the, uh, the Christ teachings. Were you around then? JM, no. Who's JM? No. Oh, that's the 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 teacher of um um of course in of course in mastery. Anyway, but it was the Theta Healing. Yeah, okay. There's so much <laughs> way back when. So Robin, like me, has uh, you know been in this in this industry. I don't know if you call it an industry in this movement in this awakening for a long time, and she's had her own journey of awakening, which we're going to talk about today. And now she helps others with their awakening and so much more. So welcome to the show, Robin. Yeah, thanks, Karen. Lovely to say it. It's so funny that it's been such a long time and that, yeah, we're here we are again doing a full circle catching back up. Yeah, it's really cool. Cool. I know. I know. It's so fun. So Robin's up there in, um, no, you're down. You're in Kayama, yeah. right? No, down. I'm in Kudamundra, which is the Riverina country, past Goulburn, on your way to Wagga and Gundagai. So that's in country, New South Wales, Australia. I'm, of course, in Sydney, not too far away. 
Well, yeah, no, five hours. I think it is four hours. I was from the Central Coast originally, yeah. That's right. You were, you yeah. were north. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. For those people that are listening from the, you know, overseas, uh, um, Australia is a mighty big place, let me tell you. It's like five hours down the road. It's just a road trip. It's not far. <laughs> if that's yeah. you, you've gone through three yeah. countries. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but listen, let's get into your story because it all started with the death of your daughter. How yeah. Many, how many years ago was that? Okay, so it was 25 years ago. I was living in the country, uh, had two beautiful daughters, a husband, living in a typical, ordinary, you know, life in the country, country life, a beautiful life. And we had clearly chosen, we're having three children. And so I'd gone into actually had our third daughter. And unfortunately, we lost her. Um, she was 24 hours, so a day old. And I was not expected, not expected. She was born healthy, no problems at all. And 24 hours later, her lungs, um, she had got bronchial pneumonia, her lungs collapsed and she passed. So it was like devastating, as you can imagine. Rocked your world. Yeah, totally. And so it was literally an existential crisis and also a, um, you know, a, a real spiritual crisis as well. It was, it pushed me into a place of the unknown, uh, which I now know. I mean, today, this is like the most amazing blessing. It's just beautiful. Um, but yeah, it took me into to in, incredible, uh, incredible roads. I don't know where to begin. So, <laughs> but anyway, that was it. So it's 25 years ago. And um, my, I did, of course, go searching. So the first two years, was just lockdown, grief and bereavement, all of the a whole two-year process of um, just so much confusion. I had not actually had any sort of religious upbringing, although you know the local the local community were just incredible. the uh, The clergy came to try to help me and assist me in finding some sort of um, peace with death, but that didn't help at the time. It just kind of made it more confusing. Um, so yeah, left me in this. It just let me left me in this such deep, empty void, which then, of course, is hell. You know how what we would what we would personify as hell. Um, the depression, the sadness, the not knowing. Um, so that's actually where my where my journey first began in that place. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, today, working with um, grief and, and loss, I, I, I understand the process of where people are at and to then help hold the space to nurture them through that and understanding and help them take the, you know, the steps through. But, to, but now, because I've, got, um, I've had so many years' experience with my own study, um, I can help find, um, it's sort of like a gap where, if they've turned away from religions or their belief in the afterlife or, or, or they're turning towards any sort of addiction to, to shut down their pain that's creating any sort of mental health issues, I, can, I, just, I, I open up for the guidance to help heal that gap. And, you know, it's just incredible. It's such a, it's such a blessing. Um, and it's just, it's just done through presence, although I've done lots of study there is just this beautiful knowing that um, now her spirit is guiding me all the way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
we've just changed the microphone, so it's going to sound a little different. Tell me something. What is her name, your daughter? Okay, but... okay. so so my angel's name is um, angel. Is Taylor Taylor Madison is is her name, and uh, and of course I have three other beautiful daughters that were older. So I had my eldest daughter, Danielle and Brody. They were four, uh, six and two when she passed. So they've been on this incredible journey with me as well. You know, uh, so it's yeah. just really, really um, has defined a lot of even who they are today. Yeah. Um, when I had Taylor, I had a cesarean. So I had my tubes cut and tied. Um, wow. So, yeah. So, of course, that was like, yeah, quite made the grieving even quite complex. Um, but I was lucky enough that the doctors work quick. The the hospital, the staff were just amazing and they um, worked. I was here at the country, in the country, yeah. and they actually got in touch with one of the greatest specialists at, at Sydney Hospital and they just all like worked together, got me back in the hospital, put my tubes back together. Well, they did. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, and then I was graced by the birth of Madison's and Madison is the youngest well youngest now she's like 24 yeah (laughs) Um, but so yeah the girls have been on this journey with me of course all the way long and uh, you know they and again their sister's spirit defines a lot of who they are and my granddaughters even today so her spirit lives on in in so many other ways it's beautiful so tell me do you think that she was like a spirit guide just just coming into the physical body to wake you up absolutely or do you think that she is still your spirit guide but she's actually incarnate now in a body okay how i see it is if we were to go on oh you know this has just traversed me through so much i've i've studied so deeply into all different religions hinduism buddhism um, ancient christian mysticism all modalities um, into the psychic realm, into shamanism, and then into university, into psychology, and then into <laughs> and then into quantum science. Right, darling, you have been on a journey. <laughs> She's like this is tiny, tiny little pure, absolute bliss bomb, just like threw me into the universe and like I mean beyond the universe into cosmic intelligence and and to the very very point zero the ground of being so I have this really big um sense of knowing that's quite difficult to put into words hence why I tried to write about it um and also help people kind of come to their their own their own feeling their own experience um i see that collectively i see existence itself as a 14 billion year journey of evolution this is where i'm at today as i've processed over the over the years i think this is one of the stuff i also really loved about what you're doing based on multidimensionalism it's like i can see this multi-dimensional experience of awakening that occurs and in that multi-dimension are all of the the teachings all of the um the philosophies and the uh, the religions and then the spiritual ways of thinking and the you know it's just like it's huge um so in a nutshell i believe that we 
are having this one incredible, magnificent experience of consciousness or the divine or God, whatever it is that we call it, as a 14 billion year journey of evolution. And, and every moment is an opportunity to just grow, to, to just live this most epic and beautiful life and expand, an expression of love and joy and happiness. So in that, <laughs> in that. So what you're saying is that she could it's almost fun. be an aspect of your oversoul that came in to wake you up like an aspect of your higher self in a way. And Absolutely. I see, yeah. it all, I see this, the concept of, of non-duality, of oneness. I see yeah. like it was easier to grasp on, this, this, on the big experience than it was on all the little experiences. So in all different cultures, in all different religions, like they, ha- they have all these different ideas, what happens when we die, yeah. where do we go, our soul family, blah blah blah. What, yeah, um, and because I looked into into all of these, into all of the different religious beliefs, I kind of had Christian understanding over here, and New Age understanding here, and Buddhist understanding here, and Hindu here, and, and Sufism here, and it, like, and it's like there's all these, these. And I only really got confused. I got quite exhausted. I know it's a minefield out there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, to the questioning mind, to the spiritual seeker, who am yeah. I? Why am I here? And where yeah. do I come from? It's like yes. a minefield out there. It is. It is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but 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 really, at the end, is yes, she's the experience itself in all of its complete oneness, and it's in its uh, in its perfection. Is that her her coming into this earth plane as part of the contract? So, if we we will use the words that some people may probably understand a bit easier. So, as a contract, as a soul family contract. Um, this ongoing spiritual evolutionary awesomeness of consciousness and of, of the soul's, soul's journey itself has come in to definitely awaken um, my experience. And then that one tiny moment from that one most pure, beautiful, radiant soul has just been able to then trickle and touch the lives and radiate this ripple into, into humanity um, which is happening with everybody. So we're just like, even though we're getting more and more populated, we're also, the ripple effect is just getting bigger and bigger, which is really cool. And uh, so more people are awakening. So through that experience, she she brought me to, she actually, the experience got me to look into outside of the limited third dimensional being that I thought I was. Yeah. The limited, so at, at the time, you are probably thinking, you know, my path in life is to have children, be a mother, raise these children. Um, I don't know, were you ambitious? Did you want to be like a dress designer or something? (laughs) At that stage, I was living in the country, yeah, just not just being a mum because I know that that's an understatement. Um, Exactly. Artist job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yes, uh, mum, husband, just just the typical ordinary lifestyle you know quite pleasant not not I didn't have no at that stage I'm more ambitious now than what I was then yeah um and yeah, so you thought your role was to be a mom bring up your girls and yeah like a lot of people do and um which is which is a worthy cause but your soul or your oversoul or your higher self or your inner being or what are your god presence or whatever you want to call it had a different plan yeah and it needed to get you uh, up to speed with the plan up to speed, yes, it was, yes, definitely. <laughs> up, up to speed is an understatement. It was, it was, it was definitely 
then thrown in the deep end and then having to wake up. It was literally wake up from these third dimensional um, labels and limitations, also, although beautiful, you know, like, but yes, the mother and all the roles that comes with the mother, you know, the, the wife and all of those things. And it made me actually look outside of outside into what we can explain as the fourth dimension, the fourth density teaching. So outside of the limited third dimensional mind, the cognitive mind, and then open up into, but there must be something more because the heart it's like there's just this knowing there's got to be something else and although then i could say i'm an atheist i don't believe in god don't believe in any of that crap what you know i was say like what what god would take away this you know beautiful little child i did all of that stuff yeah as a lot of people do yeah how can there be a loving god when this has happened to me yeah, yeah yeah But what I see now, what I know now is that that was, you know, that was, that was the driving force that just continued to get me going. And when I look at that based on the driving force of consciousness itself, you know, I see, I can see that driving force, that unknown um, mystery that was just pushing me and it was angry yet it was, it was impulsive and it wanted to know the answers. So I now see that, I now see that as the impulsive driving force of consciousness and evolution itself. Yeah. so when I look back, I can see that all of this divine um, stuff was going on back then, but I wasn't able to define it then. So therefore, I'm questioning um, and angry and trying to work it out. And that's what, and, I, and so that's what everyone goes through on their awakening, you know. Because yeah, pretty much. Not everybody. Some people no, awaken sorry. a little. Some people awaken screaming and, and kicking, and some people awaken easier. Yeah. <laughs> But I, it's funny, you know, I was having this conversation. Please excuse, I've still got this cold, so my nose is totally blocked. This conversation with a girlfriend yesterday who came to me as a client, how many years ago? God, 18 years ago, and we became best friends. Anyway, so she had a son who's about 10 now, and she's very passionate about being a mother and raising her family, and, and, she's in, and she has other work, and she's ambitious with that. But the message just came through really quickly. She rang me to say, I'm going, I'm sending someone to see you as a session. And the message just has come through many times, but she's been pushing back. This person is not to come to me. This person is for you to speak to. You know, like you're, you have to start now being the teacher, being, being the the, the helper, being the light worker. And she sees herself as a light worker, but she doesn't action it in any way. She, she has conversations with her friends, but you know that friend conversation. Now you'll know this, Robin, as a teacher. When you have a conversation with your family or your friends, and you're not in that role as yeah. a teacher or a mentor, they do not listen to a word you say. <laughs> not at all. Not so at all. you really yeah. have to start to like you studied as a psychotherapist. You know, you really have to put yourself out there as some sort of authority or mentor, or do yeah. some sort of course in order to say, I've now got authority to speak to you in a way where you'll listen to me. And instead of being a housewife that just does yoga and meditation. That's right. That's, that's a big thing. Unfortunately, that is a, a a big stigma on, on the journey. Look, I, I say to all my students all the time, like, I don't, I just want you to be the broadcasting voice, the presence and I don't care where it is, if it's, if it's when you're in Woolies doing your groceries, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't care where you are, yeah. you are a voice 
for healing and love and awakening for humanity and there's no it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be limited by this this name or this degree because i yeah. really i really want like like what you're saying about this lady it's like we want to hand back that power and say believe in yourself know that we've all got this we've got our own unique ways of being able to share and express and it doesn't matter if it is just yeah I mean, as you say like when you're with family even then you kind of got to you click into a well how does the spiritual teacher speak as the daughter sister cousin auntie you still like and that's where the training's in a lot as well is like you still flow and move it in so that the words that you're coming out with are still going to be positive and they're still going to be optimistic and, and inspirational for people and you instead of listening to their negative gossiping it's like you're always finding ways to kind of lift up the conversation can i tell you i know can i tell you <laughs> like, i have been to her friends she belongs to a, a community of people that are all very connected and beautiful but when those friends of hers come over OMG, the the <laughs> rhetoric, the gossip. And she get like most of us, she just gets totally swept up in that conversation. And that doesn't help anybody. Anyway, no. you know what she said to me, and, and yeah. you'll have found, found this, you know, as a teacher, as someone that puts himself out there as a teacher, that journey of becoming the teacher is a personal growth journey, which means you have to meet all your S. H-I-T, you know, you have to meet Absolutely. all your crap and face it and yeah. and be, and, and that's what she said to me. She said, for the first time in 18 years, she started to listen to me because I've been telling her this for years and she's like, no, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. I'm a mother, I'm this, I'm that, but I'm not that. And she started mm-hmm. to listen to me. She said, do you mean I have to face all my crap? And I'm like, yes, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. going to have to look at, you're your responsibility and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing. But when you do, as you know, oh God, is it good, you know, when you just it is a lot so much freedom and liberation. Freedom, liberation, freedom. (laughs) And love and love for yourself. And love that, you know, you can look back. You can look back on yourself like when you lost Taylor at screaming at God saying, how can you do this to me? How can there be a love? You know, you can look back at your anger and, yep. and yep. love it and see yeah. it as beauty and see it as your yep. part of your journey that was so important because it led you, you know, if you hadn't been that angry and that passionate, you wouldn't have been on that path to find some explanation for something so inconceivable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's an, it is literally an incredibly beautiful journey. And as you said, like every edge is meeting the ego and the, and the, the conform labels. And, you know, the study that's done on the, the subconscious, you know, like 95% of the body being we're living on a subconscious and on a trauma and when you actually start having to watch that and take responsibility for it. It's like, oh, my God, you know, that tiny 5% of consciousness is, it, it, but it shifts, you know, but you've got, you're right, you've got to do the work and you've got to do lots of self-inquiry. You've got to be vulnerable. You've got to be transparent. You've got to meet your edges. You've got to, you've got to cry. You've got to shut up. You've got to go like and surrender. Oh, my God. You know, um, surrender is the most hardest um, shattering experience, but the, the, um, Oh my God, the blessings and the grace that comes out of surrendering all that shit. And the thing is, it's hard to put words to the wordless because this is this is stuff that takes us 
so, so deep in our hearts and so deep into that pure understanding of love, not the love that is a personal love, like I love you, you know, I love this, you love me, the, the divine love. It is such a um, non-personal love that just, it's just so radiates without being, yeah, without being personal. And it comes from, um, I actually put a, a I actually put a post up on Facebook only yesterday and, and someone wrote, but but what is what is love, you know? And because we, have, yeah, because we have so many ideas uh, about what love is to us and what it represents. And here's how I here's how I experienced it and share it. After 15 years of of just intensive seeking and searching and all the different modalities and stuff. I came to the end uh, 15 years later where I was literally exhausted. I didn't want to look at another book. I didn't want crystals. I I actually packed everything up, packed it all up and left myself with nothing. There was a part of me that still wasn't satisfied, although satisfied with what it is that the last 15 years the journey had taken me on it actually did help me from what I would call third to fourth density or fourth dimension. And then there was this like the end of this road again where there was, there was not one book, one teaching, one modality, just nothing because I've done it all, been there, done that, and I was just like bloody exhausted. And then it's like, you know what, I'm just really letting this all go. And I did let it all go, put it all away, stop teaching everything, rang up my kids and went, come around, mummy's having bar- a barbecue, grab some wine, we're just going to have some fun. They kind of went, oh, we've got our mum back. <laughs> it was the chop, chop wood, carry water thing. But anyway, what happened from there is that I, um, about two weeks later, after this total releasing and letting everything go, I started getting more dreams. A lot of my teaching has been in the dream state. Okay, so in in lucid dreaming, a lot of my teaching has come from being in that in the lucid dreaming state um, with masters and teachers and loved ones that have passed over. But this time, there was you know in, in my book in Return to Soul, like I I write about all of the the groovy stuff that happened, you know, and then it had just come to this end, and and the next messages that I was receiving was I was in, in the centre of the cosmos and I was looking out into the cosmos and going, oh, my God, like it was so big, like really big, eternally big, infinitely big. Mm. And I could see the planet and I could see the earth and I could see all the star systems and I could see all the, the everything going on and I was focusing and I was being shown the earth before it, as it evolved over the millions of years. And then I remember... This was over at like three o'clock in the morning for three days a week for three weeks. Wow. And even then I wasn't even thinking. I was just writing it down and it started like every second or every second night I'd have this vision again and I was just getting this whole download of kind of really interesting information. And then the last week I then went, oh, you know, so here I am quite conscious that I'm in the cosmos and I'm learning all this stuff but I'm asking how do I how do I teach this? So like there was this knowing. So none of it is verbal, of course. It's just this this um, um, subliminal knowing. Um, how do I teach this? And this voice, this knowing, said, "You'll you'll work it out. You'll find the way." 
how to, how, how to put the wordless into words from this beautiful new concept of spiritual understanding. And then I was asked to turn within, to look at myself, to see who am I. So I went, who am I? Yeah, who am I? And not only am I seeing all of this incredible creative expression before me, but who am I? And I turned within and I went to look at myself. Now, prior in the fourth dimensional um, teachings, in those like I could look at myself as a as a spirit being, vibrational, you know, lots of light, lots of spirit guides, lots of teachers. This time I turned within and I just like exploded into nothing, emptiness, total void, nothing. And with that, there was this knowing that, oh, my God, this is the peace I've been seeking. This is it. So it's like the void, this emptiness, this that I, I turned to. So it was like I just returned my attention within. I looked within and there was like this infinite eternal expansion of nothingness not unlike the black screen that we have is like just into the blackness here yeah. but it wasn't scary you know it wasn't like the scary it was scary but it's because I also knew that from this darkness this blackness this void this ground of being is also where everything came forth from arises so, so it was like it was like the ground of being the point zero the the, the actual ocean the consciousness the, the mind of the divine, the mind of God, whatever it is that we call it, and it was from that place that then the light moved forth into, into the dimensions, into the fourth, second and first dimensions and created all of this, the manifested form that there is today. Now, I haven't lost the point about love. We're getting there. So what happened is then this place of just infinite eternal love it wasn't defined by anything. It had no personification. So there was no deity. There was no word. So it was like, but this, this place of peace. And it was truly the place of unconditional, wordless, timeless, formless presence. And then when, when I've actually come, come the, back in, woke up and come back into my body, I had this sense, this, this ground of being still so deep within my heart, in the physical body, and I could feel it. It's like something had just, someone had just taken this, I just had the pill that just put infinite peace eternally forever and it just planted it in my body. And it was a, such a palpable inner stillness and presence that what happened then was the peace that was so deep in my being, in my heart, I started seeing from my heart, not from my head and all of the labels and the judgments that come with that, right, that we've been conditioned with, there was just this inner peace. And so this love was actually the expression. It was the extension from this ground of being, this deep void of deep, deep peace. Because when this peace is known and felt fully and embodied into the being, into being, then from that peace it can only love all things. Yeah. So my answer to what is love and how do we find that love that is not the personal love but the agape divine love, it's like I always say to people it's about being able to 
Turn within, find your own deep, deep ground of being. Learn to let go of all of the labels and definitions of the human, the human self and the human body and all the other dimensions. Even in that, I still had to transcend beyond the angelic presence and all the deities and the teachings. It was even beyond that. This place is where they came from. Yeah. (laughs) It's beyond religion. It's beyond new age concept. It's It's beyond any book. Everything. Mm. Now that's the love. And so, so if anything, that's where today I actually drive people to like this, this concept of direct awakening. So that's the love that, that, and from that love, that place of, 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 um, incredible peace and deep, formless, infinite source of being, then that is also then where we manifest from. That's actually the ground, uh, an opportunity to actually tap into a po- into the potentiality or the, the force, the driving force of creation. That's yeah, well, actually, I just, asked, I just asked about that because you said that's where we manifest from. And immediately my thought was, no, because we get to manifest our negative crap as much as our positive, you know, our loving crap. But uh, I should call it crap. Our, our, you know what we love, we get to manifest. But as I asked that question, I got straight away. But that love is so deep that it allows you to manifest the negative stuff to show you, to show you how you are a creator. And I went, oh, of course, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, because love doesn't mean that if you manifest from love, it doesn't mean that you're only going to manifest positive things, right? If you're manifesting from love, yeah. it's going to manifest, you know, your belief system right in front of your eyes it's going to show up as the angry you know neighbor or the person in traffic it's going to show up right in front of your eyes to reflect back to you what you're doing with your powerful focus yes so So, that's correct that that is love like that is love so I'm like "Uh okay cool Yeah. yeah yeah so so we bring into into our seeing into our desires into our focus whatever it is what it is that we how we want to create we are the mind of the divine so we so we're the universal mind we actually we're choosing to manifest and then <laughs> we're getting that sense that feeling how beautiful how wonderful that's going to be we're just like projecting that out into our con- quantum field and then it's like oh watch out you know because you're correct 100 percent. anything could come in the way and those are the things that are needed we may be wanting to, yes, of course, manifest joy and love and abundance, but all of the other stuff that's in our way collectively. It's going to show up in your face. Yeah. yeah, and that's where people get confused. It's quite funny. And that's when people point outside themselves and say, this crap's happening to me. And, yeah. you know, the death of a child feels like that too. Like how oh. could this happen to me? But yeah. when you realise that it happened from this infinite feel, this infinite well of love, that actually happened to you from love because it wanted you to remember who you are and, and yeah. wake you up and then get you out yeah. there teaching. You get that, you know, like I get that mum dies when I'm 16 of cancer. I get yeah. that that was love who yeah. created that, you know, yes. because yeah. interestingly enough, she's back and she's living in my house. <laughs> you know what I loved? I really, what, what I loved when I, when the, I read your um, part about seeing your mother, it was, was it when you, in your dreams and when your mum came to you you see I was really fearful of of death myself okay so then when Taylor died of course that just changed everything I was in massive fear like of my dad dying you know because he had a lot of heart 
condition and um I, you know i used to cry myself to sleep going i don't want my dad to die so i was in that typical typical place what happened is um so dad died 12 years ago now so taylor had already passed okay yeah and uh, so that was 25 years ago and then dad passed at 12 12 years ago and uh, <laughs> i remember that he he came to me in my dream and uh, I clearly knew the difference, you know, and, and in, when I read your, your uh, the part of your book was like, clearly, no, hang on, this isn't just, a, this isn't just a, one of those subconscious dreams coming up. This is real. This is a different place. This is really a palpable knowing. And there they are. And I remember seeing my dad and, and talking to him going, but dad, like, but you're dead. No, you're not dead. And I had a lot of these these experiences with people that have passed. You're actually alive, but I'm asleep. And it's kind of like I'm looking to point down at the bed. I'm asleep. We're here. You are just like, and the happiness. It's hard to actually try to explain in the physical third dimensional world how this beyond the body, when we're in those states, in the, in the state of consciousness, in these subtle realms, like everything is multiplied and magnified. So the joy was like, it wasn't just about like if dad walked in the room today that I'd be joyful. It was like, it was like a hundredfold. The love was a hundredfold, you know, the happiness. And so, so this is this is another thing I started to learn is that like we're limited. We're so limited by the conditioning of this body and our mind um, that when we, when we learn to shift our identification from um, these limitations of the of the the mind, the, the the body and the mind, then we literally truly can expand our own consciousness and our awareness, so that the joy and the love and the ha- the happiness and the abundance that we get is like it's a hundredfold more. So let's just do it. Like so it's so exciting, and of course then we want then we want everyone come on come and join us. Let's sing it. Let's dance it. Let's pray it. Let's meditate. Let's just do. Let's do whatever we can to, to <laughs> let's do it. You know, you said you said something that I wanted to discuss because you said so having experienced that deep well of pure, liquid, infinite bliss, love. That's where I try to take people to, and and immediately I'm thinking I had this thought: you can't take people there; they have to take themselves. <laughs> and then the next thought was: but what a teacher does is in sharing your story. And in sharing your experiences, it gets the person to ask for that. Yeah, yeah. Without having to go through the death of a child or the death of a parent or, I mean, all that's going to happen, you know, everyone's going to die at some point. But without having to go through tragedy, see, what the New World teachers are doing is they've gone, we've done it, right? We've done the hard yards. Yeah, yeah. And then we share our stories and tell people where we've been, like we've been swimming in this infinite field of unconditional peace and bliss. And yeah. people go, I want that. And as soon as they say, I want that, they've now put that intention, that intention out. And so, you know, that can come back at them as trauma to wake them up or it can come back at them as bliss. Yes. You know, depending on how allowing, how open and allowing and how much they surrender and how much they get authentic and real with their own stuff you know when you're pushing against your own stuff saying I'm perfect I'm fine there's nothing wrong with me (laughs) (laughs) you know the universe is going to say you want that bliss let me just show you what is inside you that's resisting that bliss yeah yeah Yeah. and And I, I love the word 
authentic to. We really have to be real and open. Real. And, and yeah, show, show our tears and show our vulnerability and be okay with that. It's like, yeah, it's okay to be this way because every, every opportunity we're just flowering and growing, you know, with every, with every edge. So authenticity and commitment. I find that um, commitment is a big thing. Well, was for me, mine was just, it was just a given. It's like it started and it's not stopped. And every moment, every breath that I take is just like, where can I experience more of this? How can I learn more? How can I grow more? Today, it is an opportunity of presence and being. It's like, yeah, like I can just rest in this. This is beautiful. But it was the passion and it was the driving force of, of really yearning. And, and so when people really want these answers, you know, to encourage them to just like don't give up, go for more, taste it all and you'll get through you know you really will like it says in the you know that book that everyone likes to talk about ask and it is given so once you've asked once you've said i want that once you've asked it's coming yeah you, know, you don't actually have to do anything it's coming <laughs> watch out watch out watch out for what you ask for <laughs> I, re- I remember i remember the moment when was that moment when i dropped that question that seed and I was like, it's vivid, as clear as anything. Here I am in the country, outside, putting the kids' clothes up on the, on the um, clothesline, looking up at the sky going, if there's a God, you just better turn up because I can't do this anymore. And, and I'm going, and anyway, I don't believe in a God anyway, so top that one, right? And I remember so clearly that it was then that I really did plant that seed because it was like two weeks after that, I was watching Oprah. God bless Oprah. <laughs> and that was the beginning. I was watching Oprah and um, there was a lady on talking about her near-death experience and I thought, oh, my God, this is it. There you go. And that, that seed, that's what it was. Get out of the way, watch out. Yeah, but once you just plant that seed... That's it. Enjoy the ride, but at least you ride. I think the, the the good thing is that we're able to prepare people for the ride and go, it's going to be rocky, but it's okay. Yeah, we, we're holding their hands while they're on the journey. <laughs> Let me hold your hand. You've asked and it's going to come to you. Let me hold your hand while it comes because it's going to rock your world. You know, it's going to shake you up. It's going to like everything that you think you are, I'm this, I'm this person's wife or brother or sister or mother or father or everything you think you are is, is going to be shattered. <laughs> I think, um, <laughs> and we can laugh about it and maybe there's other people watching this going, these two are crazy. Like how can they be laughing about stuff that's so, so harsh? Um, because we've done the hard, yeah, we've been there and we came out the other side. <laughs> that's how we can laugh at it. You know, I was talking to Natalie Sudman who was blown up in a bomb blast. And she was talking about designing her injuries from that broader perspective, you know, on the other side. And she was with a spirit guide and they were laughing about watching her fall around as she was half blind or try to navigate food without a hand. And, you know, they were watching all this tragedy that was unfolding in her life and they were just having this great big cack about it. And I have to say, we were talking about this really terrible subject and the two of us were just laughing and laughing and laughing. Yeah, you know, it is from that perspective. It is uh, our tragedies are very funny, but from this perspective, that's, that's they right. are that's just so not funny. That's why we get the label that the that uh, those new ages are a bit crazy. Like, yeah, totally. Oh, poor hippies. No wonder they got a, such a bad rap in the sixties. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what I do find too is, like, all, all all jokes aside, is 
still being in that role for us today is really humbling. Humbling when people, you know, my my students often say like, "Thank you so much. You've, you you know, you've changed, helped change my life. You know, you've guided me." And it's like there's this part of me that sort of like doesn't want to hear that because there is such a uh, so much humble gratitude for my own experience, for the spirit of my daughter, and all of the journey, all of the people. So it's sort of like it's really hard to take a thank you and a gratitude, which and the appreciation, which, which of course is is very um, healthy, um, but it's just like so humbling um, because it is such a beautiful a gift, a really beautiful way of receiving. A, a lot of the times when I'm teaching, I can hear people having breakdowns and talking about their struggles, and I'll just sit there with this massive smile on my face. And sometimes I laugh when they talk about they're going through all this stuff, and I have a, a very gentle sort of a smile and giggle, and and then they'll start laughing, and they go, "Why do you laugh at me? Like I'm trying to tell you how hard this is, and you just make me laugh." And I go, "Honestly, you'll see that there is so much blessings in this. My heart is so open. I'm holding this space of love for you, and you will see that this is actually." a joy that's unfolding and I see that I kind of see that in advance and I'm not laughing I'm not out laughing at you I'm actually my joy comes from seeing your soul soul being so vulnerable and so open and I say to them all the time these aren't tears of sadness and grief these are tears that your soul is celebrating in joy mm. so when when I see you cry I see your soul going yeah She's got it and that brings me joy. But the other perception would be they're crying, they're sad, and I should be holding space of sadness or, or empathy for them. It's like, it doesn't work that way with my work. It's like souls celebrating by, by, by crying, tears of joy, and there's only happiness. And I think that ha- having that, two different ways of being able to hold space for people, I've watched it, it makes an incredibly massive difference. I wouldn't be doing that of course if someone was in raw raw grief you know of course I would I would but you know there are there are different levels of teachers yeah and someone who's in raw grief after the loss of someone who is not awake at all or maybe not even asking questions just at the beginning you know where you were yeah. crying out to a god saying I don't believe in god because who could do this to me yeah they're not attracted to the the, the frequency that you're teaching really yeah. someone asked no, no, they're not. Someone asked me that, you know, how do you tell people you create your own reality when something tragic like that yeah. happens? Mm. And the thing is that the people that are attracted to me are not there. You know, they've moved, they're, they're along the journey. They're, you know, they're awakening to the reality of who they really are and, and, and they need some guidance about how to manifest that in, in a physical life and, and yeah. also teach others. I attract the teachers. You know, I've always yeah. known myself as a teacher of teachers. And, yeah. and I can have conversations with people who've been out, you know, on, on the show who've been out there teaching for 30, 40 years you know, they're still having sort of remembrances from me. You, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. my guides or their guides are speaking through me. Yeah, so that raw grief is probably not someone who's coming to your work. They're, they've got There are other people out there, counsellors and grief counsellors, that are there to hold their hand and give them tissues and pat them on the back and say it's, it's all yeah. going to be okay. Yeah. I actually hold that space because of, because of my professional work. 
Um, so I do actually have an, uh, a, an aspect of my business which is called holding space and that is for um, that is in, in with community services and with the funeral directors. Yeah, so I put that hat on um, because that too is also quite a humbling uh, opportunity. Uh, and I found that even when I've, oh my God, like I've worked with people that have had quite horrific crises occur in their life. I also understand that spirit has me in that place to also bridge them from raw grief and fear to uh, an opportunity for a, for the spiritual awakening and majority of the time I can I can bridge the rawness which where was where I was and I can be there and then bridge them over to awakening yeah. so, so that's been just an aspect of my work that I'm really really um, really grateful that I've had and I did you know I mean that's why I went to, to university to do my degree in um, counseling psychology because to me I wanted to be able to have that opportunity to go to the places where even in then I can help that bridging as well but of course the majority of my work's done over over here on on, on like workshops and counseling and retreats but I love being able to even have that opportunity if it arises because the same thing if if I'm called called in as a as a counselor through the through community services um, or through the uh, funeral directors, I'm actually coming in knowing that that person, you know, there might have been 50 people gone through in the last month, but there's one person that's actually asking for some and they've actually seen my business card and there's just something different on it that they actually will take. So they're meant to be hearing it as well. Yeah. But I'm, I'm very mindful that I'm still actually working with that. Within a system. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you're right. You, you know, the people that are attracted to you within that system will will have to be will have to be ready for this is not yeah. a tragedy. This is a spiritual awakening. Yeah, because you know, a lot of people there are a lot of people on the planet that just want to tell you it's a tragedy, and can you please feel sorry for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, did, I, I didn't. Um, I didn't. It's really interesting because when I put myself back into that mindset. I can understand the the void. This is like the the void of grief and the and the the shock because we're not expecting that's going to happen. So it's a really big shock to the system, um, you know, biochemically, emotionally, everything. It's like it's just like a, a massive been. It's like being energetically hit by a Mack truck, you know. Yeah. Um, so I I always look at here's something I found that was just amazing when I look back at that person as me at thirty. Yeah. And my mindset, I can actually look at the unknown, the fears, the confusion, and I can literally categorize all of those things now as the awakening. The emptiness, the void was today what I like. I, I've gone from avoiding the void to taking people to the void. <laughs> it's like, let's not, because avoiding the, they're avoiding the void. Avoiding the void. <laughs> Avoiding the void, to take yeah. people to the void, and and now I now I take them to the void. So I literally um, direct people to the void. I explain to them what the void is, and, and 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 eliminate all the fear, drop them in the void, and of course allow them to um, to go through dialogue and understanding, and help help um, take them through 
understanding in a, in a, in a safe place, yeah? Yeah. In a really safe place. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, you know, someone I spoke to on the show who's actually contributing to the book series, Surviving Death. Her son was murdered, was shot, and she said something really fascinating to me, 12-12. She said inside that grief, because she was a mother, you know, she wasn't on a spiritual journey and then this terrible thing happened yeah. to her. She said, you know, Karen, my biggest fear was realised. The biggest fear a mother has is that their beautiful six-year-old could be murdered, senselessly murdered. And she said, my biggest fear was realised. And she said, inside realising that the thing that I was most afraid of in the world happened, all my other fears dropped away. Just Mm. that I, Mm. I just didn't have any more fear anymore and she said what was really interesting she said this happened even before his funeral like in the in the days or week or so before the funeral and she had this realization she said inside that place where all my other fears was this void that you're talking about right and she said and I was I found myself in a state of grace yes and she said that Inside that state of grace, all this information came to her about how she wanted to forgive and how she wanted to teach people about forgiveness and she wanted to choose love over hate. And and now Mm. she's got this huge movement called I Choose Love and she's going into schools. And, you know, she's had Obama and she's met the Dalai Lama. Like she, in the eight months after her son died, inside that state of grace where she had dropped all her fear, she achieved and accomplished so much and she has this massive movement that is just changing lives and it's such a beautiful you know it's such a beautiful story and Mm. I love the way she explained it when she realized her greatest fear had happened she had no more fear yeah and that's the void it's like it's the void the void yeah Yeah. and and it is the holding space of grace and it takes this is what I really what all, all all my heart's desire is is to be able to take people to that place, that void, yeah, without having to go through such tragedy, tragedy. yeah, like that lady did, and um, and to be able to help people find that because the same thing happened to me once, like there was nothing, nothing was ever going to compare to to losing a child, and then and as I said like earlier, like I would cry thinking my dad was going to pass. And then when my dad passed, it was like it was totally different, a celebration. It was like there was no fear. And yeah. it's so true. From that place, it does. It deletes all of the human condition and all the fears of the mind. It does. And it's just, um, and I mean, grace is the most, it's quite funny. I have, I actually have a couple of um, um, tattoos on my arm and they are um, grace and surrender and love because to me they are really pinnacle words to express and to explain, you know, the gift that actually comes through these experiences. Yeah. Yeah, you speak about your dad dying. When my dad died about 10 years ago, I think it was, I can't remember, I was told a long time ago, Dad and I had a really fraught relationship. Yeah. And during a meditation and a crying out to the universe, of why, and all that sort of stuff when I was young, I was shown a bit of his life and I was shown when he was going to die. He was married to his third wife and they said to me, when his last child finishes school, he'll leave the planet. Yep. You know, they give you these time frames, but does that mean like a week later, a year later, like a month later? What does that mean? They don't say on this date. So he got sick, you know, when his last child was in high school and 
she was actually on her schoolies vacation when he left the planet. Like it was literally, she had left school, literally done her last exam two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew it was going. Yeah. And it was a celebration. But I said to him in my consciousness, (laughs) I'm going to be there to meet you on the other side, right? And I said to my guides, I want you to show me that. I want you to give me that experience. Because yeah. you don't have to be dead to hang out with your dead, you know, like, but, you know how they say when you die, you meet your dead relatives, but you can actually meet your alive relatives too, because we're all, you know, we're here and there simultaneously. You don't have yeah. to be dead to be over there. Yeah. But I did not have that experience. And I was really pissed off with them. They did not show me that experience. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I said, did it happen? And they said, yeah, that happened. And I'm like, but you didn't show me. They didn't, they didn't show me. And I did not have any conscious a connection with him after he died for a while, actually. And then my husband, who says to me he's not psychic and he can't speak to dead people, says, I can see your father. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, really? You can see him and I can't see him? It's wow. so funny, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But, like, I don't know. I think they were just messing with me. The, um, I haven't actually, it's quite funny because I haven't had, I, in this first, the first 15 years, I had a lot of, um guidance from spirit like what you're talking about it all stopped like today I can't say there's a knowing that there is this this presence of celestial beings and multi-dimensional aspects of consciousness but I no longer have a a, a set like this is the it's very much more non-dual. It's just this one experience now. You know, I want to tell you something that you said to me years ago when we were doing the Theta stuff together, right? We were walking down a street. I might have even come up to see you on the Central Coast. I think I was, I think it was during a time I'd come up to see you one day and we were walking down the street and I remember you said something to me that really helped at the time because I was a, a young girl trying to work all this stuff out right, in my, in, well, we were both in our 30s back then. Yeah. People were saying, you know, my higher self's name's Bob or Jesus or Mother Mary or somebody. And I never had a singular name. I never had my spirit guide was, you know, an Indian or I never had a singular. (laughs) And it used to like everyone had these names for their guides and their higher selves. And I never had that. And I felt like I was doing it wrong. And then you said something to me like, oh, you know, my master, whoever your teacher was at the time said that, you know, when you're speaking to a singular, you're just speaking to like an aspect of personality you're not really speaking yeah. to because yeah. from that perspective it is a collective consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's it. And, yeah. you know, and people say, who are your guides? I call them blissful beings. Like yeah. they are this collective consciousness. Yeah. And I see people channeling today and they're sort of bringing through the council from the Palladian this and, the, and there's all these sort of groups and names and they're giving them names and I still scratch my head and say, "Very good." Not getting this sort of like yeah. compartmentalized yeah. group yeah. or name. Yeah. You know, they say, "Who are you speaking to?" I'm speaking to whoever needs to be spoken to. It's like yeah. just this quantum soup of collective consciousness, and yes. Yes. it's not individualized. It's, it's not, not even group. It's like and a that's, that's, and that labeling is personifications and requirements of duality of the ego of the mind yeah, that's the, the requirement of the mind. That, that's yeah. what the mind the mind needs because i remember like back in those days sitting out and just writing this all this information and i'm it'll probably be about the same time that we've had that conversation and i'd go like 
who's this message coming from? Yeah. Because, you know, your ego, your ego wants to be able to go, you know, oh, this message is from Archangel Michael and this message is from yeah. here. Is it? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, anyway, um, really, really kind of such old paradigm for me. is like back to me, it is literally back 20 years ago and it's still occurring today. So it's in the timelessness. What was happening to me 20 years ago is still happening to people today, but they think it's all new and it's not right because it was happening to people 20 years before us. Oh, yeah, 100 years, million, you know, 1,000 years before us. I mean, it's been happening for as long as humans have been on the earth. And so people today are thinking that there's this awesome stuff that they're channeling all these these different names and they're putting labels to it. But then I remember back then them saying, I'm not giving you a name because there is no name. This is nameless. This is it was the infinite source of, of of intelligence, and that, and it was actually back then. So it's possibly that that's the conversation we were having back then. Because I'm going, I want a name. I need a label. I need to, I need some specialness here. Yes, that was my spiritual ego. Today it's just like so, absolutely nothing like that at all. And I I really. Um, think that it is a, another beautiful gift that we actually have is to help people not get caught up in old paradigm labeling and stuff because this source is just the source of of, of love and just pure potential awesomeness you know it's like tap into this no this we've got to learn like we do have to do some lots of psychological processing and inquiry through the through the whole journey of awakening um, but like to see it, to enjoy it, you know, and to and to have fun with it, um, and to not then. But then also watch where the spiritual ego goes. Oh, I want to be like them because if I'm not like them, then I'm not special. Because I remember when I was teaching Reiki, so I was taught Reiki twenty two years ago by a Tibetan Buddhist monk. You know, it was like an incredible teaching, incredible lineage, and um, and I would say to him you know, I can't see auras or I can't see this or that. And, of course, his guidance was just brilliant, you know, and he said, well, you don't have to. You know, some people have all their different ways of sensing. And one of the greatest things that I've carried with that is I've, I've wanted to make, help people just be okay, be okay with your ordinariness because in your ordinariness um, and in your authenticity, there is so much, there's so much more purity because you're not coming from, the ego that's just wanting to fit in because the 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 ego that wants to be this and be all that is still such a subtle and it's very subtle and of course people want to hear want to hear that but it is really a subtle realm that is still about the need the requirement to actually be special and have these this special gift we all have gifts um, and and it may just be that our gift is communication it may be that our gift is sitting there and saying nothing or it might be that we have that we're sick and that we have we have access to all these this this wonderful information or it may be that we actually have a we, we, we um access our healing modalities better than others or our art or our dance it's like just like drop the labels just be let's just in, let's just merge in this unity and just have fun and just love each other for, for this unique opportunity that we have being on this planet yeah yeah absolutely dying beautifully said beautifully yeah, said yeah. so out with the labels out with the labels but it reminds me of the conversation i had with uh bill mckenna we were talking about different dimensions and actually he was talking about when he's he started to become very empathic and and as a healer or somebody he started to um 
feel other people's pain, right? Yeah. As a lot of empathic people do. Yeah. And he said, the way I got over that was to label people. And this is what's really interesting in this conversation. When I started to say, you're you and you have dark hair and I'm me and I have no hair because he was bald and I'm a man and you're a woman. When he started to say, your name's this and my name's Bill, when he started to label, he created separation. Correct. And inside that separation, he didn't feel their pain anymore. And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, you... Yeah, isn't that interesting? Using that separation to help him not be... To benefit. Yeah, because the truth of who we are is we are all one and when you're speaking to the oneness of all, not to have a name or a label actually connects you to them, to the oneness. So when you say it's Archangel Michael or it's the Palladian, you know, Council of Light or whatever and you've, you've grouped them and labelled them, now you're creating separation from you to them. Yep. It doesn't mean that you can't hear them or speak, yes. but it's kind of nice when you're well, yeah, yeah, when you're out there as a as a as a somebody that's helping or a therapist yeah. or a healer or a teacher yeah. to have that connection to the oneness. Yeah. So when you let go of the label and you just speak to the source source <laughs> that's the label. Now you're connected and yeah, yeah so. It's really beautiful yeah, how you can use the separation to benefit you and then to not, you know, like we can sort yeah. of play with uh, play with yeah. labels or not play with because. Yeah. And it's important to do that too it's important because we, to need, do that. we need to be able to um, be able to turn off those that, that otherwise we're just immersed in it too much. As you're saying, he would be like so connected to everyone's emotions it would be exhausting. So, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a great. I just think that um, it's just based on I, this is just language. It's just language really, isn't it? Because, yes, of course, it makes a lot of sense that people who I'm I'm the same, hence, you know, when I go and teach, you know, I spend, you know, hours in the water, in the the ocean. I have my grounding. Um, It's like when we, if we've had a big day, having a a beautiful, um, you know, salt bath and candles, it's like we need to be able to have that way to to cleanse and clear our, our energies. Um, and so whatever we, whatever, whatever method or tool we use so that we can actually bring ourselves back to ourselves and love ourselves and kind of dis- disconnect the field where we actually can get quite immersed, <laughs> immersed in other people's uh, energy fields. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, beautiful, darling. Yeah. I have no idea. I've been so immersed in this conversation. I have no idea how long we've been talking. No, I don't know. I just think that together, collectively, as you're saying, like all of the the new world leaders today, I just also feel like really honoured to be able to know that that we're coming from such an authentic place now. Um, I think it's beautiful that there's so many, and, and it's and it's showing up in many different ways, like in dance, in celebration. You know, in, in now that we're we're becoming such a collective, globalized planet, we actually have an opportunity like this. I mean, goodness me, we could have only done this over the phone, you know, 20 years ago. And um, so it's so social media um, is absolutely brilliant we're going to give opportunities to be able to connect up around the world my god that is just awesome and then to still be really um, proactive in our human connection one of the things probably one of the things that's also like shifted that I see has made it a little bit difficult on the pathway 
for some is that we have this great opportunity for social media, so we're able to connect, but also there's been a separation or a shift in human connection. Um, So, of course, being here is absolutely beautiful, but hanging out, me sitting on your lounge having a coffee would have been much nicer You know, that's so interesting that you bring that up because for a while now my guides have been saying, you know, get the groups together again, the physical groups. And I've been arguing with saying it's so easy for me to sit on my lounge in my living room and, you know, do this on the internet. And I I have, you know, the webinar groups, but they're like, no, Karen, it's really important to do the physical stuff. And I'm like, why? We're still together whether we're on the internet. And they said to me, I didn't really understand, but... um, they said to me the power of coming together physically is, is more amplified. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and I think, that, and, and I'm glad we're having this conversation. I'm glad that this has already been spoken to you about. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's an opportunity to be listening. Um, because of all of the, the work I've done over the years and the, and the workshops and the teachings, like back then, back 20 years ago, right, it was like that's all we were doing. The internet wasn't out. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't until about 2004 that everything started to shift. So I was actually immersed in in teaching back then. I was immersed yeah. in teaching Reiki and doing Theta healing, and like it was all it was all us and hanging out and forming beautiful relationships and friendships and and helping people physically. Then I watched where when the with social media, it's like everything started moving out, and and the the the, the groups actually started getting less and less. And today, one of the most important things that is imperative, I believe is imperative to, um, as an aspect of healing and uniting and and, um, awakening is to keep groups together. I personally have monthly satsangs where all my students can come. I believe that coming together in in a satsang or a meditation group gives you an opportunity to just activate that energy together, amplifies it because we're actually... We're amplifying the quantum field with all of us in there. Um, so where do you do your satsang? You do them down uh, yeah. where you are? Yes, yes, down well, here. Uh, Kudamandra. Kudamandra, Kudamandra. I was going to say Kayama again. Another K name. Yeah. Kudamandra. Is Kudamandra a C or a K? A C. Oh, it's a C name. Right. Yeah. And I have people and I have people travelling from everywhere to just come. They do, and and it's great because it gives people an opportunity to get out of the get out of the city, come and just immerse themselves, connect back up with. With, a, with a, a soul family and and, yeah. and just, yeah, just really enjoy and really connect back up with that. Um, that has been something that is incredibly important. And then the retreats. Number one, at the end of the day, the retreats are the the top of the tree for actual um, what I have only viewed and witnessed for myself. The retreats are actually the most palpable, the, the biggest opportunity for people to immerse themselves. So it's about the opportunity for immersion and and really being in the environment out of it, like retreating from social media, retreating from family and your businesses and all that and actually committing to a space where you actually are diving in and really nurturing yourself and then taking the opportunity to open. Um, so the, re- the retreats are just incredible. So I've been taking retreats to Bali for, you know, 10 years can you? Wow. Um, yeah, but today I've actually have an incredible retreat center here in the country. Oh my God, I, the miracles that that occur are just, um, yeah, it's just incredible. So I, I, I think that uh, another thing, and I, 
And it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's dancing because I actually go, well, this this month's satsang, we're dancing, you know. Yeah. And then and then when any of the guys are coming through from Sydney to Melbourne, um, they uh, they come in and we have a kirtan. So we all join together and we all sing, you know. Um, I want to share something with you that happened recently because they've been hounding me to do it and I keep putting them off because it's so much easier to do it online, right? (laughs) Because... You know, you've got to pay rent and you've got to get people to come and you've got to do something. Anyway, so you remember that lady, that beautiful woman, Justine Damon, Justine Drubinek, I don't know how to say her name. You know how she was shot in the States? She was a... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know her personally. I had met her a couple of times and considered putting her on the show, like, thought, oh, she's speaking my language, I can put her on the show. And then she went to live in the States because she followed her heart over there and she's living with her fiancé over there and she'd been over there for quite a few years. I think that she left just as soon after I met her. Anyway, we had a little gathering here at One Space to honour her. There was a big gathering on the north side. I noticed that. Yeah. And there was only eight of us in the room and two two of us didn't know her. One person had never met her, I had least met her, but I felt like I wanted to honour this beautiful woman. I just makes me cry thinking about it. Anyway, she came through to me really palpably, really strongly, and as I was sitting in the little group, I said, you know, is there anything you'd like to say to the group? You know, I'm here as your voice. And um, I sat down in our little circle and Camilla, Bailey was singing. Yeah. And she showed me this energy of anger and confusion. And I'm like, you're in heaven. You're not in anger and confusion. And she said, I want to show you the energy that's happening around my death. And I said, said, yeah, well, that's obvious. You know, anger and confusion. She gave me this energy. And she said, what you're doing here tonight is directly affecting that. And I'm Mm -hmm. thinking there's eight of us. You know, there's eight of us and we're just singing. All we did was sing and just honour her, right? Yeah. And anyway, there was a good friend of hers there and I was telling people what she was telling me and they were not really believing I was speaking to a dead person. That was fine because some people don't believe it. But the next day she contacted me and she said, you know, her spiritual community in the States that was in anger and confusion, overnight after we did that kirtan, it turned into this love fest and celebration. It totally shifted, shifted from anger and confusion to love and celebration. Beautiful. And I was like, whoa, because she had said to me, you are directly affecting that, right? Not in the mass, not in the masses, but amongst her spiritual community. And there was eight of us. And I just showed me the power of gathering, even when it's just eight, just eight and And singing and just gathering and singing. That's all we need, sing and celebrate. Also because she actually understood the field. She actually Yeah, understood. she's on that side, right? She's looking at it from that broader perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she clearly understood that coming together with that intention was exactly what was going to, to strengthen that, that, um, that quantum field to be able to, to connect up. I mean, that itself is so beautiful that just eight people just in prayer, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's and so they said, see, we're showing you the power of, of gathering physically. Uh, yeah, so for people listening to this, you know, if you yeah. if you think that you're not powerful, just get a couple of your friends yeah. together, meditate, sing, kirtan, yeah. love, yeah. pray, do whatever. Every, it's everything so important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the and that they are really important. That was something that was part of what I was guided to teach um, from the universe was don't not remember that 
the the human collective as well and how important that is i've been shown that in many visions you know years before that it is so important um, that we actually do come together as in still in human connection and to, to be able to activate and keep on amplifying this energy so that it's out so that is a brilliant that's a brilliant example just gorgeous yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was i was yeah because yeah. i was sitting there thinking how can we be how can eight people singing affect that yeah because you know if yeah. you watch the media and the amount of oh god anger and confusion that was created over that yeah. and especially amongst her uh, spiritual community in the states because she belongs yeah. to a really gorgeous spiritual community over there anyway yeah. yeah there you go i think you should be listening to to your uh, folks because you know <laughs> oh i am i'm getting it organized i'm just thinking you know do i do it, it the end of the year or do i do it next year uh yeah. but anyway maybe you can yeah. help me with that anyway we'll have a chat about that afterwards but listen i, I think we probably should wrap this up for people oh, really? listening yeah. any last wisdom you'd like to share with people darling one no look that was it so, yeah stay connected don't avoid the void. Find a way, an opportunity to go within. Usually meditation is a great pathway to help you actually go within to, to not fear diving into this incredibly beautiful place and this opportunity that can arise once all of those labels are put down. Um, so, yeah, don't avoid the void. Go in there, connect with that, and, um, just, and yeah, just really allow that grace the space the grace that is what the void is Um, it is the ground of being it is it is the source of all of existence and it truly is a um, the most incredible incredible healing space and opportunity for opening on all levels all dimensions and then all of our own gifts Um, so yeah Find find your way to be guided into the void. Look, I love this. This is, <laughs> but it, this is, this is your bumper way. sticker. We've just got a bumper sticker for you. Yeah. Don't avoid the, <laughs> Don't avoid the, the void. void. The void. The void is is the void is the ocean of grace. Uh, allow the state of grace. Don't avoid the void. Allow the state of grace. There's yeah. your bumper sticker. Yeah. Robin Collins. Don't avoid the void. <laughs> stay in the state of grace yeah darling one thank you so much for being on the show thank you gorgeous it was great seeing you and talking to you it's been uh been a while and um but yeah we'll 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 keep in touch and do some more do some more stuff together i'll have to come on down to your center just tell people who uh, that are listening to audio your website www.robincollins.com com.au um and yeah and i'm on on facebook and and all of that sort of stuff and so yeah you can like any books books and i've done i'll have a link to your book on my web page for people that go to my web page there's more information and and from there and you can get uh, Robin's book on the web page. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I get a couple of cents from the affiliate link, but to tell you the truth, I'd make no money out of the affiliate link. <laughs> and, it, and if <laughs> anyone wants them on there anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. And thank you. Your work is it's just beautiful and wonderful as a collective and, you know, I really appreciate it. So if anyone wants to go to The Void, come on down to the country or take you to The Void and we'll play. <laughs> we'll come to Bali. Go to The Void in Bali. Yeah. <sighs> Bali is so beautiful in Bali, let me tell you. Blessings to you. See you. Thank you so much. Love you, Karen. Thank you. Karen! Karen! (laughs) Thank you. See ya. 
wasn't that another great conversation i hope you enjoyed that as much as i did and remember if you want to be a part of our little inner sanctum tribe i shouldn't call it little should i but at the moment it's not too big it's very manageable please join us in the inner sanctum where you get to meet some of our teachers i'll invite robin back to do some more teaching she's beautiful isn't she and next year you know we have monthly webinars we teach deliberate creation and you get to meet i invite guest teachers on Remember to check out my website if you need any sessions or healings or counselling or channelings or any of that sort of stuff. So great to have you with us. Thanks again for joining for joining me. Love you all. Lots of love. Bye for now. Clap along if you feel like that's what you want.